on the Dog Zone 9000, the official podcast of the final comedy website, 1900hotdog.com. I'm enduring internet treasure, Sean Baby, from the World Wide Web, and my co-host was voted 72% wow in a Men's Bulge magazine reader poll. He's the great Robert Rockway. I'm going to pump those numbers up. <laughs> right? That's 75 at least now. Uh, I'm Robert Brockway. Here's a Brockway fact. My Confederate speedboat drag name is Dixie Wreck. No follow-up questions, darling. Who would have, who would have one? Uh, we are joined by Hot Dog Favorite. He's a journalist, editor, and co-founder at Defector.com. Dan McQuaid, welcome back. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on again. Um, this was a show that I suggested, so I apologize that you two had to watch this episode. Oh, um, you have nothing to apologize for. Hulk Hogan is one of my favorite things, and I never watched this show like ever. <laughs> so, Bro- Brockway thinks you have something to apologize for. No, I, I think you might by the end of this because you've <laughs> just put yourself on the hook for whatever we say. Now, now you're resp- you've taken responsibility as the manager of this podcast, the captain oh, of this right. podcast. So anything that happens now, as we as we learned from the noble George Sibley, uh, that the responsibility falls on you. I'm actually very excited to be coming on today because as we're recording, uh, Sean published a hostess uh, snack ads blog this this afternoon or this this morning. And that is like one of the first things that. I feel like I ever read from you is was like the Incredible Hulk killing those roller disco guys <laughs> yeah. and like by rolling up the street. How did as a I'm a journalist, I gotta ask ask a question here. How did you become uh, the foremost expert on hosting? Oh, I think there was just comic opening in the market for it. I don't think anyone else in the entire world cared about these things. What year uh, were you doing? Because nobody else was on the internet. It was like you and right. three other people. Yeah, it this was you was and Dan and one other probably, person. I think I first put up the site in 1996 for Hostess. Yeah. And uh, okay. it rebuilt it a couple of years later, maybe five years later, like into what it looks like now. Uh, but yeah. I remember on, on your old site, you even like interviewed someone who had, right, Bob who had uh, like drawn them and, and did not, he did not like play along as much as I would have liked. <laughs> no. <laughs> serious work. Yeah, he was just real straight with all his answers. I, I I thought that interview was so dry. I went back in later and like tried to zany up the the f- questions like without changing like the meaning of them. I was like, God, there's got to be like a joke in here, but like, uh, <laughs> don't shit on my legacy, sir. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did learn a lot. I learned from him that uh, the heroes were not allowed to eat the fruit pies, and so that uh, that's important. Was a fun fact, <laughs> especially in the article that we just posted on the site because I Hulk love that panel. Just eats just eats pies all the time. And there's one where they fucking erase the pie out of his hand, but like they leave his bulging cheeks. Like he's still just got half a pie in his mouth. Well, they also like, leave his erased hand, so he's yes. he's like confidently holding nothing and like miming. <laughs> he's miming pie what, eating. Like, what was the reasoning behind that rule? It seems like I, really strange. To, like I think it was an endorsement of the product that theoretically could interfere with future products. Like I speculated diet shakes. So if you wanted to have Captain America selling a diet shake, it might not make sense for him to also be like chowing down on a Twinkie in a different ad. But again, that's raw speculation from my part. It, Comics code was also insane. It could genuinely be like, right. but they don't want to taunt them by like, Oh, this yeah. is unhealthy. You're, you're advocating an unhealthy lifestyle. Let's, sure. let's all declare war on comic books again. Yeah. 
Twinkies look too much like a dick, and like we can't have Hulk. The Devil's Cuff, they called them in the South. <laughs> all right, these are all good uh, reasons. It's yeah. just it's it's like very funny that the the superheroes have to use the pies in like As a, a yeah, or like or just not use them at all. Yeah, I I always found it funny because uh, comic books. They're already so violent. Like like Captain America punches its way through most of his problems. And then here they are like, well, if you're selling a pie, you got to be like more gentle. It's like, yeah, but <laughs> punching Nazis on each page in each direction, like who the fuck cares? Like, I, I don't know. It's just one of the silliest things that's ever been to me. It's still after all these years, I'm, I look at them. I'm like, God, this is so weird. The, the one that I remember from my childhood was a um, meatloaf comic oh yeah it was like on the back of a bunch of comics in like the mid 80s yeah it was for like the special olympics yeah because like in the first panel he's like jamming out but he's thinking like special olympians are the real heroes (laughs) he had to keep going for them like he's he's totally out of juice he's like oh fucking those little racers there i gotta fucking power through this song for them yeah and then uh, the the crowd was all superheroes, and they're like, "We're with you too, Meatloaf." I just I gotta I gotta help that little guy catch that onion. I know that pain. <laughs> That's a callback to a recent episode. The Dan hasn't heard. Okay, yeah, the, good job, yeah. me. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fine. I I kind of got the joke anyway. Yeah, he did chase an onion, and he couldn't catch the onion. But it'll it'll make he's, sense someday. He's still chasing right. that onion to this day. Uh, oh yeah. Rest in peace. Rest One in peace. of our staffers, uh, Patrick Redford, tweeted before the season that if the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs, he would eat an onion like raw, like an apple on a live stream. And they were like the number three seed in yeah. the West. So he had to eat an onion on a live stream. And it was pretty great. Did he get through um, the whole thing? Uh, yeah, he did. Wow. I think it was a little tough going at the end, but he did eat an onion like he said he would. That is what Defector Media tries to do. We try to follow through on our promises. Your stand up Expert, plug. Expert, Expert plug. plug. Yeah. yeah. Segue into it. Lean into it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I do want to talk about uh, Hulkamania a little bit because I grew up to be a Hulkamaniac and. Um, to this I day, like I would define you as a Hulkamaniac, one of the first adjectives I would use. Sure. Hulkamania still echoes unironically through a lot of the dark corners of my soul. But he has this thing that I think a lot of wrestlers have. Like The Rock and John Cena, they have this majestic presence when they're wrestlers. Like when they're in an arena and it's like WrestleMania, it's like, I can't fucking believe I'm looking at The Rock. And then you put him in a movie or TV show and everyone's like, well, no, I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's like, <laughs> they're like... You could replace Hulk Hogan with like Melvin Skarsgård and it would be just as appealing to me as a movie. Uh, and it's it's just, I don't know, that larger than life persona goes away when you make him a, a, a zany muscle dentist or a speedboat crime fighter in this case. Uh, so I guess I, de- I never watched Thunder in Paradise because once you take Hulk Hogan out of the context of wrestling, uh, who gives a shit? Yeah, I had never seen Thunder in Paradise either. And I think it's because... I don't think I had seen any of Hulk Hogan's movies until I was an adult because they all just looked so, like, fucking terrible. Um, I mean, they are. And then having seen them as an adult, I like, I was right to avoid them. Um, <laughs> like, you know, Mr. Nanny and Suburban Commando are 
pretty bad. Um, no holds barred. The like WWF made one. That like, might be some the real best magical one, moments, but, but yeah. only because it's like so insane. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so we're fighting. This, we're fighting today. Is what we're doing. <laughs> there's a scene <laughs> in No Holds Barred where like you're supposed to think he's like jerking off in the yeah in the hotel room with uh, with uh, what's her name. Uh, yeah, with it'll come to me. Movie. It'll come to me. And uh, and like then it turns out, oh, he's just doing push-ups. And like supposedly the story is is that like Vince McMahon and and Hulk Hogan like rewrote that script over three days in a hotel room. And like it really does read like, yeah, this is what Vince McMahon would find funny without like thinking right. about like hey, we all wa- we all watch WB- movie. WBF. We know he wrote those jokes. He if wrote every single said, joke in there. If they shared a hotel room for three days, they definitely caught each other jerking off. What is that? That's 12, what that was a times to. at least. Yeah. They're like, I was their inside uh, joke. Doing push ups, brother. You know it. Vince, remember when you caught me jerking off this morning and this afternoon and four times last night? Remember how right funny now, that was? As I'm speaking. Of course, I remember that Hulkster. <laughs> I treasure that memory so much, Hulkster. Let's <laughs> talk <laughs> uh, <laughs> the movie. Let's put on the movie, brother. I was also a Hulkamaniac. Um, you know, I I was so... Uh, the first wrestling event I ever attended was SummerSlam 90, um, which had a dual main event of Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake and Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like Hogan had been injured by Earthquake. Earthquake's big finishing move was just like sitting on you, yeah. um, which was a pretty great finishing move. And, you know, he had like injured Hogan with with this over the over the summer. And this was Hogan coming back and Hogan won the match by count out. And he was like jumping around the ring, you know, like celebrating like crazy. And like it was I was seven years old. This is like maybe the type of person you you can tell I would grow up to be. I was seven years old and I was like, this is so stupid. He should be pissed. He only won by count and should be like, there's no honor. And like, I think. Yeah, like I think they were trying to set it up like, oh, then come see him at the untelevised show, house show, when it like comes around your your right. fair or whatever. But to me, I was just like, why? Like he's like if he had just been like, oh, I won, but I wanted to pin him. Then mm-hmm. like I went like my love for Hulk Hogan like definitely fell started falling off when I was seven. Um, <laughs> there's another thing about Hulk Hogan is that he is indirectly responsible for the creation of defector media That's it's like several dominoes back um yeah, but the gawker yeah uh, we used to yeah we, i used to work for a site called deadspin um and i had signed on there uh after the the lawsuit the successful lawsuit by hulk hogan bankrolled by peter Thiel over a post and and excerpts of a uh hulk hogan bubba the love sponge uh's wife's uh bedroom video and, my brain is trying to like find the bottom of this story i'm like we might be here another 45 minutes trying to yeah. sell this stuff. <laughs> and so he he successfully sued they you know um and he sued in florida where like you if you want to appeal you still need to put like the full amount in escrow that you were uh you know that you were uh, that the judgment came Mm-hmm. And so, you know, a Gawker media had like a like $130 million uh, yeah. judgment against it. So they filed for bankruptcy. Um, the Spanish language media company Univision uh, bought it and 
they were my bosses when I worked there. And then a private equity firm bought it. And that's when things sort of went to went to hell. And then we all quit. Um, and, and it was great. It all director. worked out. Uh, yeah. But, you know, lots of people do not like Hulk Hogan uh, who who worked there um, and I work at, at my site as well. Um, I'm still mad about the celebrating the count out too much. Thing. You just yes. that's my main. You've been holding a grudge for many years over that. But you other just shit didn't tied help. in so many ass. You tied in the racism of this episode, the wrestling, <laughs> uh, the jerking off, all together, and segued it into a historical plug. That was that was beautiful. Very good. I only had one note Thank about I. the racism. There was more than the one racism. I'm just well, thinking I guess we'll, the racism in the sex tape, the racism in the episode. Oh, that we're yes, watching. of course. Like it yeah. all just the, the, the thematics, the motifs of this plug. <laughs> it's, that's why you're the best, Dan. Yeah, yeah, I try, I try. <laughs> uh, I, I thought the intro to this show was like almost sarcastic. Like it did kind of make me laugh. Uh, it starts like, with Hulk Hogan running from an explosion and then it, like quickly cuts to him running from another explosion with a woman over his shoulder. And then some bikini girls charge into the water and then a boat explodes. And I'm just like, this is like a perfect, <laughs> it's a perfect like key and peel bit about thunder in paradise or something. But it all like, happens to like a Jack Johnson song to like a yeah. proto Jack Johnson Island. Oh, it's chill the, Island the vibes. Theme is so insane. Like it's like almost like a Calypso song. Yeah, like, like a Chris like, like, Luau sing-along song. I have a clip of it <laughs> if you'd like. Oh, yeah, yeah please, please, please. Yeah. Oh. Explosion. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is the part where Hulk miniguns a camp until it explodes. This, this is definitely bouncing titties. Explosion. Explosion. Just mowing down dude after dude. This would be perfect for like an off Disney movie about a brave octopus or something. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like inspirational, but yeah. like with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. It's like Herbie the Love Bug goes to the beach kind of vibes. Just <laughs> right. the last thing that you expect is it to be set against. He literally busts out a minigun and just pulls the trigger on it and stays there until something explodes, right? As they go like <laughs> No, it's not the right, it's not the right setting. <laughs> I was trying to take notes of like the the stuff in my notes say bikini explosion, smile of an innocent child, oozy creeping. Best friend beach party, Nintendo 64 cutscene, boat explosion. That's, uh, that's that that's, there is a Nintendo 64 cutscene. Yeah, every place. time they need that boat really, to really do good. anything. Uh, uh, I also love, uh, there's a guy named Patrick McNee as Edward Whitaker, which is just a full-on made-up name and character name. Like, that's a, <laughs> like, come on. Patrick McNee as Edward Whitaker. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, I, I, I liked... The, the whole intro was making me laugh that he's like zipping through the canal in the superboat and they cut to the interior. And it's just so overdone. He's got monitors and radars, <laughs> knobs and switches. Like a boat has like a, like a little fucking lever, right? It's, this is a console for a spaceship with 50 weapon systems. And I think I actually recognized like some Battlestar Galactica control panels, like original yeah. Battlestar Galactica control That's panels. In possible. There. 
Yeah, it's like they weren't sure what they wanted to do. It's like they wanted to do the Batmobile, but also a Knight Rider that doesn't talk. And then just to like have something different, they're like, oh, and it's a boat. And like the right. only boating that happens in this episode is by like Carol Alt's character. Yes. Uh, and and her husband. I, yeah, I, I don't know how much of that plot I, I understood. Do you think paid attention to it? Could have been for plausible deniability that this was even a boat show. Like they are never shown on top of, around, touching or addressing the boat in any way. They're cut <laughs> to a separate set where they're in like a dark box full of control panels, and then they're right. like in a forest and they'll they'll mention thunder. Never that he's a boat. I they might not have it set in stone that he was even a boat. Like it could have been a robot. It could have been, it could have been anything. Oh. It could have been a spaceship. God, what if it was a robot? And this is, we're seeing like th- it getting retooled or like, we don't have enough money for a robot. We can give you yeah. a boat. Yeah, the robot is not, the robot's not playing. It's a speedboat show now. And Hulk's like, it can't be as, it could be a speedboat show, brother. You're right. You know when- what I just realized? We have not told the listeners what the name of the episode is we're talking about today. Why would we? <laughs> because it's just oh, the just, best. Just wait. <laughs> All right, do it. Pull the trigger. It's called the Gettysburg Change of Address. Change of Address? What? This is... I, I know, I'm going to bring it up now as an overarching issue I had with the show, which is that this is the most 80s... I, it, I know it was 94. It's the most 80s-ass lazy comedy action show. Oh god, yeah. That has perhaps ever been made because they do this thing where every line of dialogue is a quip. Like it has mm-hmm. modern Marvel movie pacing where everybody's just setting everybody else for a quip. But a hundred percent of their quips are like vaudeville jokes from the twenties. Yeah. They're just like the punchlines of jokes from like nineteen thirty were removed from all context. Like he'll just he'll just say the punchline from a vaudeville joke and then Hulk will ignore it because what else could you do? And that's it. It's like, it, it's, I would swear an AI wrote this if I, if I didn't know. I, that speedboat wrote this. And, and they have no chemistry. Like, like the punchlines are, what's his name? Chris Lemon, the sidekick. He's like, I'm an idiot, boing. And then Hogan's response would just be, fuck you. And that's the whole scene. <laughs> that's it. He's just so fucking cranky all the time with good reason. Like his bits don't work. Uh, they, they do, they open with like a diarrhea joke. Like, Hogan's like, if I had you up and running, he's like, you did have me up and running. Oh boy, remind me never to eat chutney again. And like, right, for- it's just, it's not related to anything. You brought that yeah. up out of, out of, you did your own setup Ugh. to a disappointing punchline yeah. that was old 30 years ago yeah, and it had no, nobody reacts. It's like, he, <laughs> it's like, he's like the speedboat. Did they just build this show in pieces? Like, <laughs> like they had a bunch of hidden footage, a bunch of speedboat footage. Incredible. Just no footage. charm. Running a diarrhea joke in reverse. Desperate wordplay with no context. In many I think ways, that's it's the courageous. first line. Is that not the very first it's line? Almost, yeah. It's almost the very first line. I, I think the very first line is one of those like lazy action writing things where where it's like, "Hey, if we had remember Ghana," and then the guy's like, "Oh yes, of course, I remember all of our un, unseen yeah. adventures." This is just Budapest all over again, pal. Don't you remind me of Budapest? I think the only person allowed to do this is uh, John Carpenter. Because uh, something terrible happened to Snake Plissken in Cleveland, and they, every character mentions it across two movies, and I just, <laughs> I think I really—that's a backstory I can get behind. When, 
with something like you could tell John Carpenter in his head sort of knows what happened in Cleveland. Whereas, you know, when like Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch are talking about Budapest, they're like, yeah, you, no one fucking wrote this. No one even imagined I also, this. I also think in, in Escape from New York, they're making fun of this. Yes. Like, I think all the way back in the early 80s, they're already making fun of this. And 10 years later, this show is like, we just discovered this. Yeah. Wait, this saves so much time. We don't have to write shit. We could just have them talk about stuff yeah. no one did write. Uh, so but- I've I've done some research about the show. And, oh. uh, you know, you you guys both had some thoughts about, like, what the show was trying to be like. I have a quote from Hulk Hogan for when the show came out about mm-hmm. what what the show is about. So let me let me read this to you. Um, I'll throw in some brothers because of course they, oh, please. They, they must have Brilliant. edited these out of the newspaper because there are, I see no brothers in this. That's not um, possible. So this has all the elements, brother. It's a cross between Miami Vice, the A Team, and Indiana Jones, all in one. We've got the lethal mm. weapon relationship between me, me and Chris, brother. Hard We've got the romancing the stone moonlighting relationship between me and Felicity. He fucking We've got wishes. the little girl figured in for all the Jeopardy. I, I assume he means like actual Jeopardy and not Jeopardy the game show, but who knows? <laughs> but she does um, kind of have a Trebek she vibe. She's just kind of filled with Yeah. Fun. It's got a lot of trivia. She has a lot of trivia about the Confederate Army, um, yes. which is problematic. Why does this uh, white kid know so much about this the Confederate Army? Oh, right, her father's Hulk Hogan. Yeah, uh, he he goes on, blah blah blah, and then uh, I've seen the dailies, brother. It's unbelievable. On top of that, you've got all the girls on the beach in bikinis like Baywatch. We're stealing from them, and we've got the Batmobile on water. The Thunderboat, which is the centerpiece for all the action. It is definitely not the centerpiece no. for all the action. <laughs> I, have I don't think it's called the Thunderboat either. That's also true. It's called the... the it's just called Thunder. The Scarab. The Scarab. The Scarab. Yeah. Or Thunder. It says it's Thunder on it because he's Thunder. Uh, oh, yeah. no, he's Hurricane. Yeah. He's Hurricane. Right, he's Hurricane. Who the fuck and is he Thunder? Drives, Maybe the boat is he thunder. drives Thunder. <laughs> Hurricane thunder is Thunder. Scarab. I don't like <laughs> the I, world. I don't, understand, I don't understand how the boat does not talk. It should just talk like it's Knight yeah. Rider, and it would be a better show. We had the technology to turn a truck into a man. We could absolutely turn a boat a boat into Hulk Hogan. It's just that was it. That was a year before this. Why? Why every show after Monster Wars wasn't just doing Monster Wars is amazing. <laughs> it, it was right there. If you're gonna rip off like fifty year old jokes, rip off a one year old show. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. God, this is also, just like this fucking was filmed. Anna. This is just like this. the discussion we had about boats in Budapest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was filmed at the Disney MGM Studios in in Florida, um, which is right about the time this episode aired. Hulk Hogan would have signed with WCW. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had like a parade at, at the MGM Studios at Disney World to celebrate Hulk Hogan's uh, return to wrestling from like, I don't know, six months off. Right. To, to do this. this to do total this. disaster. One of the, a quote he gave to the New York Daily News, I'm not going to do the Hulk Hogan voice here because it would be too much because this quote is, Thunder in Paradise is a tremendous vehicle and could be bigger than life. 
with me coming back with wrestling, body, mind, spirit, and soul, and focus and timing being one and the same. What you saw during the 80s with Hulk Hogan could be just a mere stepping stone to the level I could take it to now. I've planned this thing. It's not like I'm stumbling into it. And so if my strategy's right, with a little bit of timing and a whole lot of luck, it could be a beautiful thing again. Wow. And it was not. No, it was not. They they thought, so this was like a pilot movie that aired on CBS. And then like the CBS VP gave a quote to the paper that was like, yeah, we think Hulk Hogan's a great character. We're going to like, this is going to be a successful eight o'clock show is yeah. what the CBS. Well, temper your expectations. Don't, Hulk's and just then, a little enthusiastic. And then the producer, uh, Douglas Schwartz, who him and Mitchell Burke were the producers, also two of the producers of Baywatch. We're going to steal um, from Baywatch, brother, by being yeah. the same well, people. Well, they because it was also their show, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, like Hogan's like, we're stealing this from Baywatch. It's like, kind of, but also mm-hmm. like, you kind of just hired the Baywatch guys. Kind of, but it's also the only idea they ever had. Yeah. It's something, something beach. Yeah. So <laughs> Douglas Schwartz said... Uh, we're far more than confident in this show. I know with almost certainty that we'll be picked up for a minimum of 13 episodes plus the two-hour movie. Um, it, it did not get picked up. And it they, like, cut some things into movies. And then they did, like, one of the, like, like uh, Baywatch, it was sold as in syndication. Mm-hmm. Um, just where TV shows would show it on Saturday afternoon or whatever. And, like... By the mid-90s, when Hogan was pretty much full-time back in WCW, it aired five days a week on TNT. Um, I can I can read you the other shows. But there that are like six episodes. Five days a week. <laughs> Just keep looping. Uh, Just loop Yeah, I guess. So also on every day on TNT were Scooby-Doo, Johnny Quest, The Flintstones, Gilligan's Island, Knots Landing and chips. Okay. So it really was like a, a the a only thing that was newer than twenty year old shows. The only, yeah, because it cost the same amount. <laughs> God and Hulk Hogan's like this will change the world, brother. This is the first step in my grand scheme to dominate the world, brother. And if it goes right, with a little luck. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. The- Another thing from, from the opening is that he was trying to be Terry Hogan. It says like Terry Hulk Hogan in right. the credits. Because um, I think he still had a license the name from Marvel Comics. So he would have saved a yeah. hell of a lot of money if you could get people to start calling him Terry. Yeah. <laughs> the Terry. I, I would also like to, we brought up Chris Lemon if we're, if we're doing overall show stuff. Uh, he is, of course, Jack Lemon's disappointing son. <laughs> is he really? Yes, he is. Uh, oh, this is his most notable, like. his most notable role, except for uh, he was just in that movie Blonde, which nobody liked, where he played Jack Lemon. Wow, that's that's so embarrassing. It's literally an Arrested Development wow. joke. It's literally an Arrested. Uh, Development that's joke. like a Martin Sheen joke. Yeah, that's like a. Or a there was there was also. <laughs> There was also a profile of Hulk Hogan in the in New York Newsday, which is like a, it's like the largest suburban paper in the country because it's, you know, the New York City, you know, it's like a Long Island paper. So, you know, like hundreds of thousands of people would have seen this 
interview, at least in, in theory. And uh, the reporter tries to go to a restaurant called the Russian Tea Room with Hulk Hogan. And she even makes reservations. But he just shows up at Planet Hollywood instead. <laughs> um, All restaurants then, at Planet Hollywood, brother. And then she tells him that TV Guide uh, gave the show a 1 out of 10. <laughs> and Hulk, Hulk Hogan said, said, that's great, brother. That means it's going to do well. Run for about seven, eight years. Based on the one out of ten. Like, I don't know. Like, does, terrible like, shit. I don't think. Like I don't think TV Guide is like. Uh, like oh yeah, the the inverse of what they say goes. You know, right. like I guess he just thought like oh they don't understand it, but they're the elitist. The elitist, be too, the elitist TV Guide. It's too intellectual for TV Guide. <laughs> they just don't understand the nuance of speedboat, the love between a speedboat and a man, brother. Think about how dire the early '90s TV scape was for TV Guide to give something a one out of ten. Yeah, like the mean average of 1992 to be a one that's that's like a negative six today. It's also I feel like TV Guide was such a like not like a bastion of journalistic integrity. Like they didn't they had a lot to think about. So if you give a TV show a one out of ten, they won't advertise with you. Like maybe their parent company won't advertise you. They're financially incentivized to give everything kind of a six if it sucks. And so here they are, like going on record saying this is fucking garbage. That's I don't they specialize like everything that every profile TV guide ever did that I remember was like mid shit. It was firmly unremarkable middling crap. Like, yeah, it, it was always stuff like this. They should have given this like a seven. This I would have assumed a seven to hear that yeah. they gave it a one is astonishing to me. Yeah, that's like personal. Somebody was like somebody got pile drived by Hulk Hogan or something. <laughs> Somebody's wife was made love to by that speedboat. <laughs> I did really think it was weird that Chris Lemon can't act. Like, like I, I don't think it's weird that Hulk Hogan can't act. He's still no. kind of got a big personality, but like, I think it's weird that they cast like a partner that couldn't act and had no chemistry. Cause they had like what? 25 uh, crowd shots of Brutus and Barber beefcake. Brutus and Barber beefcake and Hulk Hogan have chemistry. Like, why is it not those two in the boat? That's a way more interesting show to me. That Jack Lemon yeah. influence. I guess. Yeah, I guess. What was? I mean, the- <laughs> they 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 really do have a lot of shots of Brutus Beefcake for seemingly no reason other than that, like he's Hulk Hogan's friend in real life. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was just hang- he wasn't even on call. He was just hanging out. He had such a childlike wonder in his face. Like he's so happy all the time. He's just clapping at stuff, and he just I don't know. He just looks so happy in every shot. Uh, really cheered me up every time I saw him. I'm like, wow, that that young boy is so happy. Wait, that's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> I read I read a tweet from a guy named Tape Machines, who is a good like wrestling Twitter person, mm-hmm. and uh, he wrote that Jim the Anvil Neidhart is in nine of these episodes. Wow. Of Thunder in Paradise. So I assume Jimmy Hart's in some too. Yeah, I saw him on the IMDb. Yeah, he has Jimmy. Maybe the Nasty Boys, like whoever else Hulk Hogan is friends with. I assume. Sting Sting was in this this as somebody named Hammerhead. God, that's a fucking cool name. 
It's better than, you, I think it's better than a character named, Yeah, if you have a character named Hammerhead and like you can get Sting for that, that's such a win for the for the casting director. Like what a hammerhead that guy is. I feel he should feel bad for naming himself Sting when he could have been Hammerhead all those years. Oh, that's true. He would have had a much better gimmick too, aside uh, from confusing something, which was his gimmick. Right. I think it was a serpent guy, and then absolutely just the crow. Once the crow came out, he was the crow for the rest of his life. Yeah. Uh, but he was uh, he was the Ultimate Warriors tag team partner. Yeah. And like when they were first starting out, and they were Rock and Sting, and Rock later changed his name to the Ultimate Warrior, and Sting just kept his name the whole rest of his career. The Ultimate time. Sting. <laughs> uh, Sting is a better name than Rock, so yeah, yeah. The Rock definitely needed a the. As, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, no one ever used it though. Uh, but back to the show, they're they're off to do a war games. Um, they very carefully disguise this in the dialogue. Uh, all the exposition is just very naturally included in the, the normal conversation. So I think it, they said something like Hulk Hogan has thunder. Boat partner, we are in our superboat to a simulation of war where we use fake bullets to battle. Should we discuss any character traits of our potential opponents? And I, th- I it was like that level of natural, I guess. Uh, like whole, like and like all the exposition is <laughs> delivered by Hulk Hogan, yeah. who's you know like like uh, like making sure the guy in the very last row of the arena can can see what he's doing and it was just i was very confused and it's the whole time bad. he's doing that then the nerd who is chris lemon i brew i think is his <laughs> brew i think is his name uh it's shooting him in the ankles with a remote control robot where right. remote control like car with a cannon and it yeah. just over and over again shoots him in the ankles uh <laughs> this this is important for no reason because it comes back later in the episode but remember that it shoots hulk hogan in the ankles several times to gently annoy him right and that's like an allegory for their relationship like chris lemon's annoying he doesn't quite do shit right and hulk hogan's annoyed and cranky about it uh this is called the gator um and that stands for something i couldn't hear what it said like they're running through something but what ground it, attack tactical activation robot Thank you. I'm so glad you wrote that down. Uh, and it looks like a remote control truck with a little like Lego tank cannon on it. It looks pretty bad. Uh, the B plot of the episode is a jet ski race, and it's called the Sea Do Scuttlebutt Pro Am. Fantastic name. Uh, wait, wait, wait. And it's because they zoom from the sign to a butt. To a butt. And this whole crowd is perving out on that butt. Best uh, joke is- of the show. This is, uh, yes, this is a- Allison is the girl's name. Uh, she's the bikini girl hanging the sign. And they do that bit where they're like, oh, no, a little bit higher, ooh, a little bit lower, a little bit higher so that she's like hanging out up there and everyone can leer at her butt. And it is like 15 dudes just there to look at her butt. Uh, and again, this is 1994. So you could, um, I guess you could like turn into a cartoon wolf if you wanted. Like you could just yell at a woman. I like your fucking nipples. And, like that's just a normal part of a day for a Which they did. Woman. Which, uh... yeah. Which they, which they did. I remember this, like, I remember this as a 90s thing. I'm not going to call this show out, like, how dare they? Because right. this was, like, totally a 90s gag, which was that 30 men would pile around and watch an attractive woman do something Yep. Uh, that somebody else hated. And that's sure enough what they're doing here. But especially it being on the beach and, like, something about the desperation in their faces, it just plays now as, like, you are not safe 
right now. This and is Bruce not Bruce a safe situation. Is, is one of them, and he has like th- those child eyes where you're like, I'm not sure this this man is has had puberty fully explained to him. I don't know if he's like. <laughs> I don't he's know the if one that the are the nipples. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, Allison, she looks great. Uh, the cameraman got in on the leering. The camera itself is zooming in on her butt a lot. Uh, it's really pervy. And uh, that's all you need to know about that B plot. So now we're back to rehashing the main plot. They're doing a war games and some army general is there. Or not army captain, I think. And he wants... Uh, Hogan and Chris Lemon to join into the war games. I, as far as I know, they're former Navy SEALs, uh, current civilians. Like, are, are they? Yeah, I believe that's right. But yeah, they're mercenaries, of course, because yeah, we thought okay. that was cool uh, in the nineties before we realized that's the worst thing. <laughs> right. It's, I, I just, I, this whole plot is uh, fine. Like I'm okay with Hulk Hogan and Chris Lemon getting involved in a, a war games, but they set it up in a way where I'm like, well, this is stupid now. Like, why would the actual army come out to these two dudes? Especially because they like they specifically said, you can't bring your fucking boat. And uh, <laughs> I wrote that down as like, this is this is five <laughs> minutes into the episode. And I wrote down, this is going to be a good episode of the boat show. Yeah. So these, you know, this show was produced by Douglas Schwartz and Mitchell Burke, who did Baywatch and also Baywatch Nights. And during 2020, my wife and I watched every episode of Baywatch, uh, all 242. Oh, my God. Um, what about Baywatch Nights? So Baywatch Nights, we watched the first season and we could not get through season two. And, like, we got through 242 Baywatches. Wow. So but, uh, Baywatch Nights is Baywatch a weird show. Nights kind it, of turned x filesy, right? Yeah, well, the, the second season. They, they got good. Yeah, they... They like battle monsters um, with like they never explain why they're battling monsters now. That's like the best. it started out as like uh, <laughs> there's a there's a podcast I've listened to, um, Baywatching, that goes through all the Baywatch episodes. And what the woman who does this, Allison Pregler, said on on one of the episodes is that David Hasselhoff thought he had the rights to the TV show Police Story and wanted to remake it. Okay. And then he found out he didn't have the rights. So they just made Baywatch Nights where they were like private uh, detectives. But the whole point of what I was trying to say is the show takes place almost entirely during the day. Mm-hmm. The Baywatch Nights just doesn't make any sense as a title. The, their like detective this, yeah. office is above a nightclub named right. Nights that is owned by Lou Rawls for half of the first season and then they switch. I don't think you get it. They're knights. They're the knights of Baywatch. Ooh. Battling the supernatural. Hmm. Yep. I, th- I believe our, our official hot dog stance is we love Baywatch Nights Season 2. I uh, we did commission so. a, a separate theme song uh, just for that. <laughs> we did pay a, a large amount of money for a theme song, for I, a um, version of the Baywatch Nights theme song. And it's a fucking amazing theme song. I do like, I found an old interview of him, like talking about Baywatch Nights just because I was like curious. And like, he claims like something like, well, we had never even heard of the X-Files when we decided to go this direction in the show. (laughs) Like, oh, okay, sure, 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 David. I invent. I thought I had the rights to monsters. Uh, (laughs) Turns out I didn't. 
<laughs> God damn it, Hasselhoff. I'm going to email him tonight. Tell him he's an asshole. Uh, so I have in my notes that they said that he wasn't allowed to bring a boat. But then Hulk Hogan's like, all right, we're going to bring our own weapons, <laughs> which I thought was fucking <laughs> crazy because this is like, like not a live fire event, right? This is a laser tag event. And so this, this army captain is just like, okay, civilian mercenary, you can bring your whatever weapons you want to the fake war games. Like, well, this is my fav- one of my favorite parts of this is, is what they think and the various ways that they try and fail to execute on the concept of war games. So war games to them (laughs) means laser tag, right? It means they use their actual guns, but somehow it's laser tag. Right. But what they, how that works is uh, spoilers for what we're going to talk about in a second. He, the the bad guy gives his, his troops uh, live rounds, but they show that as like, they take out the laser clip and put in (laughs) the live round clip. So they think that the lasers are stored in some kind of clip, which is why he, can, why he can bring his own weapons. And yeah. sometimes they're lasers and sometimes there's, they're not. Right. But the idea that like one character would say to another character, yes, go ahead and bring whatever weapons you want, implies that Thunder in Paradise either didn't have a weapon safety expert on set or no one on the set had ever talked to one. Like, it, it, I, I just don't think anyone's ever worked on a movie that would think uh, it was okay to just bring whatever weapons you want from home. Like, I don't know. Well, he was confident because he knew he was going to murder. Yeah. I guess that's maybe supposed to be a warning sign to us as the viewer. Like, Oh, this guy has, this guy's even care what Hulk Hogan brings. Cause he's going to kill him. Now for our um, listeners at home who are probably wondering 45 minutes into this podcast, how, where does, why does this have anything to do with the Confederate army? Yeah. Uh, good question. It doesn't Very good question. Not at, at all. all. Until they but show it up, does until they just show up, right? But the whole I'm saying the whole setup of this, is, yeah, is absolutely. Uh, like, it, this is an A team episode. This is this is a what it's a, yeah. it's any other show does war games, but the bad guy decides live rounds. Okay, got it. Great yep. episode. Totally on board for these antics, and then only only Thunder in Paradise is like and 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 best part Confederate Army. Yes. So so and they just show up. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, like I had heard the name of this episode, and that's why I wanted to watch it. I had heard one mm-hmm. of the things, some of the things that that happened in it. And when they were like the war games and they're on the beach, I was like, how the hell are they going to get to Gettysburg? Like, where <laughs> where is this going? Like, they seem to be in like Southern Florida, Southern California. Yeah, they're, still, they're still in Florida. That's, yeah. they never yeah. leave the Nowhere point. near... Gettysburg. But they thought of that pun, that great pun, Gettysburg change of address that they had to use. Had to use it. Uh, they, yeah, so they're in the jungle getting set up for like ambushing the army in this these, this laser tag game. And then just a ton of Civil War soldiers like <laughs> just crash through the jungle and start fighting. There's a little person who runs out, loads a cannon and runs off never to be seen again. Uh, and then that's they're, like, they're they're like fighting like around Hulk and Chris Lem, yeah, like as if they're not there, like as if they wouldn't be like, hey, get off our war, yeah. our like war. We had the park reserved, here. Hulk Hogan. So I, I took down some of the exposition. I talked. I, I made fun of this earlier, but I just want people to hear what the exposition of the show is like. <laughs> Who are you? What are you doing here? She's Little Red Riding Hood. He's the Hunter, and I'm the Big Bad Wolf. 
And who are we pretending to be today? Well, I, sir. His great-great-grandfather, General George Langsford Sibley. I read about him. In the middle of the battle, he stuck out in his troops, hit a tunnel, and got shot in the back. <clears throat> well, uh, actually, that's what's wrong, honey. Uh, see, what happened is he was tunneling in to be with his men, and he was stabbed in the back with a Yankee sword. Oh, can't, can't say that, George. General's body was never found. Well, they never found that tunnel, neither. I mean... If you've seen any 80s show, you can just skip the rest because you already know yeah, everything you know that's exactly. happening. I wrote yeah. that down exactly like, oh, I wonder what we're going to find out. <laughs> Is it that this brave Confederate soldier was actually a hero and he should have his faith redeemed? I did right. I did think it was weird that they would give a full name and it's specifically the last name was so out of place that I went and looked it up. And there is a famous Confederate uh, general named Sibley, uh, but it's it's Henry Hopkins Sibley. And I, I do believe he was the inspiration for this because his Wikipedia wow. page says he was uh, most famous for an unfortunate retreat and his several serious blunders apparently caused by drunkenness. Uh, wow, he was, so charged, he was charged, but not convicted of cowardice. Wow. That's amazing. You get charged with cowardice. So fantastic. I would just like to say like, why if you, it's clearly based on this guy but why do you have to redeem him why are they like this this poor guy this this I, poor confederate soldier has to be redeemed i bet the writer was a coward and he probably said yeah, i want to do something nice for another coward i'm going to fellow drunken coward for a fellow drunken coward i'm going to uh i took another clip from this scene i'm going to play it surrender or these men will be casualties Sibley. You can't take civilians as prisoners. Why not? Uh, it's against rules, George. Well, the rules are stupid. Every year we come out here and it's the same thing. I get plugged, I go down, I'm dead. I, 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 I would just like to win for once. Yeah, but the South lost, George. Well, yeah, I'm not talking about the whole war. I'm just talking about this one battle. I just want to win the one my great-great-granddaddy lost. What's so wrong with that? Sounds fair to me. Yeah, winning's a good thing. Absolutely. You're an insult to reenactors, George. You're not fit to wear that uniform. All right. Just go ahead and kill me. <laughs> I, that's okay. That's it. That's like how how are we going to get them on board with this racist idiot? And they just that's it. They just say, "Yeah, sounds good to me. Winning's great." Yeah, Chris Chris Levin going sounds fair to me. Yep. And the Hulk's just being like, "Yeah." Winning's good for the South in the Civil War. <laughs> That's what, what brings them what? together. They all love winning. They all want to win. See, Hulk wants to win the war games. This guy wants to win this for for the Confederacy. Chris Lemon wants to win the affection of his father. <laughs> they uh, so he, they so, shoot him, and he does like a big fake death. And this is the only time in the script where the little girl smiled. I just made a note of that. That <gasps> this girl had very. Very deadpan reactions to all this strangeness going on, except for this, she smiled. Um, so the other thing about the little girl is that she says the quote, the Union Army defeated a small unit of brave Confederate soldiers <laughs> yes. about the Battle of Gettysburg. And then she knows all about the guy's grandfather or great-grandfather or whatever. And yep. it's like, how does this little girl know so much about the Confederate side of the Civil War? Well, once, like, once I have questions. Yes, <laughs> she's supposed to be in the show, like Hulkster's daughter. So I think, I think okay. Sean nailed so that, that earlier. Sense. Yeah, 
Yes, he, is, he has taught her all about it, especially since she and every other person will only refer to them from now on as brave Confederate soldiers. Uh, and never yeah. the other way around. It's never brave Union Army or whatever. It's always these brave, these noble. Noble rebels. Flawless. They owned the, humans. Do you, the, the balls it takes to own humans. <laughs> and to fight. To fight for that right. Fight to defend that. I mean, uh, all they wanted was to win the right to own humans. And winning's a good thing. For just protecting the uh, human-owning economy. Come on. The... um. The, the guy whose grandfather it is, the guy, that actor, is Jeff Altman, who is a, like, 80s comedian. He was on Letterman a lot. I think Letterman found him really funny. Um, I'm not sure. You don't agree? Who, I, don't, I don't know if, if I agree. He does, like, magic now. I think he does, like, corporate events, Jeff Altman, and will, like, also do, like, card, card tricks. Okay. Um, I was like looking at his website. It said he studied with like Ricky Jay and Di Vernon, who are both like, uh, like I don't know too much about magic, but like those guys are like you know like on another level of mm-hmm. of, of magic. They're also both dead, so maybe he's he's making it up. No, no, no. I don't think he's making it up. Well, um, we have a lead suspect, but, you know, Altman. Yeah, but um, but he uh, he was on Baywatch five times as five separate characters, so that's clearly why they, oh, they love him. They love him. Yeah, so he's that job. memorable. They're like, yes, Jeff, you've been here four times. Jeff's like, dude, no one fucking remembers me. Trust me. I go to the same grocery store four times a week, and they have never recognized me. I do uh, have in my notes here that Hulk Hogan calls uh, calls brew uh, mashed potato muscles. Yes. I feel like that's he, I, important. I couldn't tell if he was talking to him or the girl. I finally decided he I had to be talking to him. He would never call his daughter that, right? <laughs> Maybe. I, it's very unclear. He just goes, come on, mashed potato muscles. And then walks in. Like, he mumbles it with that, right. that trademark Hulk Hogan delivery. He mumbles it and then storms off like he's mad about it. Yeah, he delivers every line like he's, like he's reading it for the first time. Like like the inflection's all wrong. Like you and you're reading it like, like it. the way you're saying it is very natural. Like you're calling someone that. Hulk Hogan's just like, "Come on, mash potato muscles." You're like, "What the? <laughs> who are you talking to?" Uh, my notes say fucking headstand on a sea dew because after they cut oh, away yeah. from this, some dude is doing a fucking <laughs> headstand on a sea dew. That's so sweet. I, I, it stands out so much because they cut to like all of these like cool jumps and they're like three feet or whatever. And then they cut to the guy doing a headstand on a sea do. And it's great because he's he has to remain perfectly rigid and motionless. Yep. Like he's been like he's been hot glued to the sea do. He's just just a board <laughs> bouncing across the waves. Jet skis are so fun when you're on them. And then when you look at them, you're like, that looks really stupid, especially on a TV show. You're like, God, this is the jet ski parts, the most boring part of any like beach show. But this guy made it special. That guy so saves it. Out. Yeah. So, so we cut away from the war games to our B plot, which is Carol Alt, um, who's fantastic. I really like Carol Alt. What a, what a beauty. She's falling in love uh, on a jet ski. They have like a, a picnic with her ex-boyfriend, I think is the backstory. Uh, and he and she's is like, a jet ski professional. Yes. He's a professional you- jet ski. He looks a little bit like Frankenstein. He's a jet ski <laughs> Frankenstein. He's got a real hockey mullet because he was an NHL hockey player. And, oh, okay. Uh, that explains literally yes. everything about him. His acting, yes, it's, his face, the mullet. Act. Yeah, it's why he's not handsome, but he his is, discomfort on the jet ski. 
he is Carol Alt's actual husband. So, and <laughs> that that explains explain their lack of chemistry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, these two do not like each other. Uh, and also like his, the other thing is he's super disrespectful. Like, like, I guess she's never talked to him. She's like, Oh, this guy's a five and he has a mullet and his own sea do, but I've never actually talked to him. And okay. Anyway, I have a clip of their date. I really want to play this. So you still have that painting thing? Sculpting. Yeah, I really love it. It's given me an appreciation for things that I never thought that I would have. Yeah, does a tricky current here, you know? What? Well, I almost lost it a few times today, and you know, I could really use the advice of a writer that knows these waters. Well, I found that if you go up against the Northwesterly... No, no, Kelly. I mean expert advice. <laughs> I am an expert. If you want to win the race, all I'll you tell you what, Cal. You don't tell me how to race, and I won't tell you how to paint. Something. Whatever. <laughs> Just was... an outrageous level of dickishness. It was such a confusing scene because I thought they were going like they seem to be trying to use tropes, right? They're trying to use tropes right. all throughout this, but they don't understand them and they don't use them right. So this, it seems like they're starting. The old, like, he, you think he's back because he wants you, but really he just needs something from you for his blank, for his race. Sure. So they set it up like he's going, yeah, shut up. Listen, tell me the inside track on how to win on your beach. And you're like, oh, I get this. I get what's going on. And then she starts telling him, like, immediately. And he's like, hey, shut up. Yeah, you're That's not what woman. I was talking about. I don't want but there woman he, water plans. But he didn't want, she didn't, like, ask her if, she knew an expert. He was just like, shut right. up. You're not an expert. I don't have a plan. I don't have another step. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it's such a, it was, it was one of the wildest scenes in this fucking show. Was yeah. How many steps they got away from that scene succeeding on any level. Yeah. Um, and that's it for that B plot. We now cut back to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> uh, and the war games are supposed to be teams of five. So they're starting like any second, but Hulk Hogan and Chris Lemon don't have three people in their team uh, or any friends or other mercenaries they can call. So they, they've decided to recruit three of these bumbling dipshits for their like commando squad war game thing, which again, we don't know the stakes of, like it doesn't really matter if they lose or win, I guess. So, so really who cares? But um, Hulk Hogan's plan is so fucking insane. I took a clip of it. You're not going to believe this when you hear it. What are you talking about? You know, I was just about to ask the same question. Well, we need three more soldiers for the defending team. Wait, wait, the defending team? Uh, def defending what? You know, Spence, when, when Fitch said the Three Stooges, it was a figure of speech. Well, Fitch said he wanted a surprise. And how would you like to see the look on his face when he comes up against Civil War soldiers? He'll think Thunder created some type of time warp. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's his plan that's, that's so, the premise that's not only the plan that's the premise of the episode that's the only yeah. reason the confederate army has to be in this story is so that he thinks it's a t which he never does nobody's ever they're confused for like three seconds as in like why are these guys dressed like that and then never that's, again it's amazing because these they're two steamboat or speedboat idiots with a nine-year-old girl and they instantly recognized all these people as civil war reenactors and I have a feeling that the Army and Navy intelligence pr 
probably know about the popular annual Civil War reenactment going on <laughs> like, in the same... <laughs> like on the beach for some reason? <laughs> and so, yeah, like, I just feel like no one's going to assume that these men in costumes are anything other than that and not... I just don't think they're going to jump to the conclusion, Hulk Hogan developed time travel! <laughs> like... I, I, I think I, I say this, this but full disclosure, like every time I'm confused, I grab the nearest person and I scream, were you sent here through time like Hulk Hogan? <laughs> and legally they have to tell me that's fucking part of the constitution. Many times. Absolutely. Uh, it's yeah, like a child's first prank call. Like I get it. I got to call the hotel and tell them the FBI. They're going to totally think I'm the real FBI. See, I think partially based on that plan uh, and also everything everything else he says in the entire show that the character Hulk Hogan is playing in this show is also an idiot. Like, I, I think <laughs> yes. the character is supposed to be stupid because right after this, they like start they start learning the rebel yell, which uh, yes. which you shouldn't do. Of course, of course, we know that now. Whatever. This racism is quaint by the means of what we're facing today. Uh, but they all start rebel yelling which Hulk can't do and doesn't try. He just starts wolf howling, <laughs> even though everybody else is clearly not wolf howling. And, and this is, this is during like the, this is right at the start of the war game. So you're supposed to like stay quiet. And what the show does is it cuts from them rebel yelling straight to the enemy team, hearing them and going those goddamn idiots. Let's go kill them. And no, that's, no, no. That's it. They think those goddamn idiots, they spooked the birds because that those human noises saying, woo, 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 those are birds. Oh, right, right, right. Like it, well, it either way, them. it completely gives away their position immediately. Yes. Yeah. It's the only thing it achieves is Hulk Hogan wolf howling, which must be a bird. I did take one more clip of this conversation here because I just want everyone <laughs> to understand the chemistry Hulk Hogan has with Chris Lemon. It's an accounting firm. So you're going to fill out our unit with a bunch of CPAs. They can keep track of how many army troops we rack up. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. You know what, sweetie? Why don't you go ahead and roll some tape here? I want proof, because I don't think anybody's going to believe this. Yeah, they will. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that, I wrote that part down, too. Yeah, they will. Yeah, What's that? <laughs> the, the like Chris Lemon parts seem like um you know like remember that video game Mad Dog McCree? Oh yeah, where like yep. you would shoot things and then like an old prospector would come out and say things. Like mm-hmm. Chris Chris Lemon's lines seem like that. Like like it's like you just did something and then like an FMV video is playing, yes. but it has to like That's... load it from memory, so it takes a second. Like. He, he's like a like an NPC in a in in, a, in an RPG, just like that is exactly it seems what like it is. His lines do not fit anywhere. And like isn't it incredible that they somehow teamed him up with an actor with less charisma? <laughs> 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 like, like he comes out looking like a professional in this exchange. <laughs> yeah, they uh, will. So, <laughs> like that wasn't I'm, in the script. I'm sure everyone uh, saw this coming, but they have a wig and a dress. So they can do it like a Bugs Bunny honeypot plan. <laughs> so uh, it really is like Looney Tunes. Like they've, they've only seen like like. Uh, do you think there are other like Roger like uh? Do you think there are other like Bugs Bunny gags in the in in the rest of this series? Because I may need to watch more episodes. There must be. Yeah. I am certain the way they mix and like just grab any trope without understanding it and throw it in there. Like half of yes. this is Looney Tunes. What I love about the drag plan is that 
the original plan is already in costume. It's already in costume to confuse them. <laughs> that's the only that's the only reason we're doing this plan is they're gonna think they're in a time warp. And then you're like, well, before they even see us, it's time for you to put on drag. What? What? I have to be Confederate? I have to be Confederate gonna... drag now. They're gonna think we're in a misgendered time warp. It's gonna <laughs> right. like why are you stacking things already? You can't delineate time if you have a boner. That's just a Hulk Hogan fact. Thunder and Paradise fact. Uh, they call they, there's a historical precedent for it. somebody brings up in 1863 someone named Marcellus Clyde pulled a Bugs Bunny honeypot. Uh, I looked this up. Does not seem to be true. Um, but yeah, they have an argument because one guy's like, "I know how to do creative war strategy," and then Chris Lemon's like, "You fucking idiot! I am a Navy SEAL. You're an accountant." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no! Creative war strategy. Like you have to do like trick plays in in, in whatever this is." Uh, laser tag, I guess, is all about whimsy and bumbling. And so that's the logic here, I suppose. Um, so his zaniness is going to be more handy than Chris Lemon's, you know, military strategy and tools. Oh, there is a quote know. here uh, when he comes out and drag after after they comes out and drag. It works. Uh, yeah. The, the army is not prepared to be assaulted by Confederate Confederate drag play. Uh and so they get lasered. Uh, and his line after they laser him is, is that a musket in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Yeah. You're, okay, I have a lot one. of notes about this. Yes. You're the one uh, doing the Confederate thing. He's he's normal right. army. So that, that's backwards. Right. He doesn't have a musket. You do. You have the musket. They have Chris Lemon dress up in a dress. This had to have been their second choice, right? This had to have been a Hulk yeah. Hogan gag. But he's like too insecure and homophobic to allow it. So we get this second rate trash, but it's like, he's not like a big muscle man like Hogan. So it just kind of looks like, like a guy in a dress, like a, like not like a cross dresser. Like, I think they made him too pretty to the point where it works, right? Yeah. Where you're like, okay, that just look like he's better looking. He's better looking in drag than he is (laughs) in life. Right, like if it had been Hulk Hogan, it's like, oh, there's some they, like he's like the dress would be too small on him, so he's right. like, busting out of it. And right, but, he's a hilariously gigantic lady beast, and this is just like a crossdresser, just like just a drag queen. Uh, All right, Hulk, we'll do your Confederate Army idea, but you have to do the drag seat. No dice, brother. No way. All right, um, I guess we'll give it to Chris Lemon. He's like. Fuck yeah. And I'm going to do full makeup. I'm going to look like a beautiful woman. Like the gag's not going to work if you look like a beautiful woman. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to get real sexy with it. Like, all right. So it's just like halfway between like an actual like sexy scene and an actual comedy scene. Just scratching at possible gags, I guess. Like uh, they all kind of try out like, am I attracted to this woman? Am I disgusted by this woman? Like they don't pull the trigger on any joke it's just all kind of like here's like i have no idea what to do with any they have a bunch of pieces of things and yeah. they're just trying to it's a robot trying to slap it together it's a, it's yes. a speedboat jigsaw puzzle of comedy so, you know i i actually think hulk hogan would have been fine wearing the dress but then he would have he must have realized that then he wouldn't get to wear the confederate uniform and he really <laughs> wanted to yeah know, that's why we're doing this brother they're not going to let him waste his XXXXL Confederate uniform. He does like which, throw a guy about like 50 feet in this right. when they that's, like, shoot the, the other team. That's the part I want to talk about. So 
uh, Chris Lemon pops out in the dress and he's like, hello, boys. And he's all sexy. And they're like, wait, what the fuck's going on? Then they everyone jumps out. Laser tag, sh- ambush. Bam, 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 bam. And, and then the guy walks up and he's like, what the hell is going on? Which is fair because they just got ambushed by a bunch of civilians. One of them had like a laser tag derringer. So they're like building their own like custom laser tag I weapons. I told you, in the they're world. the rounds. They think, yes. they think you load lasers like a bullet. You, you yes. put one laser in and then you shoot one laser out. So fair enough. This guy's like, I don't understand who you are or how you have our laser tag technology. And then Chris Lemon hits him with it. Is that a musket in your pocket? You're happy to see me. He's like, what the fuck does that mean? And then <laughs> Chris Lemon punches him in the face. Like he's, it looks like he might be making a move to do the same, but like this guy has not laid a hand on them and they punch him out. And then Hulk Hogan picks up his body from the ground and throws it 30 feet. This guy's so fucking confused Five civilians, all of them in weird costumes, ambushed him, beat the shit out of him. He has, <laughs> he has every right to press like criminal charges. A Hulk monster threw him halfway across a jungle where there's fucking Confederate soldiers for some reason. And then then a live mortar lands and Hulk Hogan has to explain to the audience, the army's using live rounds, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So like, the fuck is going on? I like that he explains they're using live rounds after the mortar actually explodes. As though it was supposed to be a laser mortar? Right. They have a nine-year-old child with them, and this this captain of the army is going to just drop live mortars on them. I will say I kind of needed Hulk's exposition there. Like, I yeah. wasn't really sure what was going on. Maybe I had, like, dozed off a bit. Um, no, I there's did no like way we would have known. I did like that the other team did the, like, classic action movie. Like, they missed, like, 50 times from five feet away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once they have the the live live ammo, right? Because we show the hands loading the real ammo just to like let the viewers at home know, like, yes, there's something is happening. Someone's putting real ammo in these guns to kill Hulk Hogan. But this um, is another thing they show us. I, I think what happened is that was supposed to be Fitch, the the bad guy loading right. it. What they show us the soldiers like about to load their guns, and then they cut away to just some hands loading it, and mm-hmm. then they show the soldiers having just loaded their guns. So what right. what you've actually shown us is that they know at this point. Yes. We have intentionally loaded these live rounds in. But apparently they don't. And it's never they like don't. you never understand the stakes at any point. They're like, yes, we know we're going to kill them. But then they'll get laser tagged. And you're like, ah, I'm out. I guess I can't well, murder you. Two guys that got caught with the live rounds later are like, I did not know they were live rounds. And Hulk Hogan's like, I believe you, brother. So and they could have <laughs> just been lying to Hulk Hogan. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing they established I, either through incompetence or intentionally that they know and then they're like I don't know and then Hulk's like ah right, right. that's fine and I feel like you could pay some lip service to like the corruption of the military to like explain this away and say like oh they could get away with it because like you can just do whatever you want in the army but like without doing that you're just like well once they kill Hulk Hogan people are going to be able to like go through this short list of people involved in the, the the chain of command of these weapons and say, oh, here's here's who murdered Hulk Hogan. It's one of these five people. It's also you know, it's I don't crazy know. in like in the episode now, the stakes are fucked because they continue abiding by the laser rules. So if they get yes. tagged, they're like, oh, damn, I'm out. I guess I can't shoot this real gun at you now. Right. 
So, so, but we now know the stakes are real. Hulk Hogan is like dodging real mortars, and then they still do the fucking Looney Tunes ambush, like the fake general, uh, the but Jeff Altman. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna act real drunk, and I'm gonna walk out." And then after they say, "Hey, who are you, drunk guy?" You guys pop out and shoot one of them with a laser musket, and then that's like their plan. So I don't know. <laughs> There's no and reason for any of it. They know. They know right. the stakes of that plan not working are your death. Your death. What are you doing here, accountant? Plus, they could just shoot them from the trees because they're just looking right at them. So, like, that's a normal ambush. And, uh, and all of this theater, all it does is take a sure thing and turn it into, like, a desperate trick play. Uh, so it, it's it's the storytelling that, like, if you look at it with any kind of reasoning, it drives you fucking crazy. And, and then once you I see, like, that... And it did. Like, I was getting very frustrated with the whole show. And then they find a big rock and Hulk Hogan just picks it up and moves it for no reason. Like, just, I, I think he's just a, a natural lifter, like a barbarian brother, where if he sees a rock, he's going to just <laughs> pick it up and yeah, move it's it. A, it's a chance for a sweet, yeah. a sweet pump. Yep. Got to get his pump you on. Know, is and this I'm, where they find the tunnel? This is where they find the tunnel, yes. If, My, if, do you have that clip? No, I didn't take a clip of the tunnel. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 they find the tunnel, which remember is George Sibley, Jeff Altman's like, my daddy or great grandfather died in that, in that tunnel. And you know, he, he's not a coward or whatever. And I've been, I've been here every year looking for it. And then Hulk just picks up a rock and moves it. And it, that's the tunnel. And so that's George says, that's the tunnel. How did you know? And Hulk says, I'm supposed to know. And then they cut away. <laughs> yes, it, the script calls for it, brother. And they're like, "No, Terry, you can't you? Can't, God damn it, Terry!" That's literally what he said. I'm supposed to know. End of conversation. <laughs> it was in the script, dumbass. <laughs> Did you not read it? Cut. Professionals. God damn it, Terry. Uh, okay, so in the cave, Jeff Altman like falls into some human remains. So his bumbling did eventually come in handy, and Hulk Hogan looks at this half of prop skeleton with a pirate sword stuck in it. And he goes, no, look, your grandfather was not retreating. He was attacking. And then Jeff Altman's like, he wasn't a coward. I was going to take a clip of this, but I figured I would just reenact it. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't a anyway, coward. He wasn't, wasn't a coward. coward. It all happened like basically as fast as that. Like the, he's, he's like completely covered in human remains and they're all, you know, investigating yeah, the whole redemption arc that currency. is his entire story gets like is set up and ended within I want to say forty five seconds of total screen time. Yes, I was going to say less. Like I think it was like seven seconds, and that's it's it's very little. And you're just like, why would I ever possibly give a shit about any of that? <laughs> Especially since he's a Confederate soldier. Yeah, I have I have a note that's just they fight a lot. It's very hard to see or care about what's going on. <laughs> that's fair. And they just they keep doing that for this whole fight. They keep going back and forth and like, do they know? They don't know. Wait, they do know. Are they? Uh, but then they obey laser rules, and you're just like, you're so you're so lost in the stakes. You never have any idea. Yeah. Are they going to be murdered? Because sometimes when the when the bad guys will pull the trigger, it isn't a bullet. That's the yeah. craziest decision. Sometimes it is a laser. What? It's yeah. Uh, after this cave, they cut to the the other three and their team, and they're having a a laser fight. Um, they're like shoulder to shoulder in an open meadow, which seems like um, the the exact thing this would train you not to do, right? Like, how could they win doing this? So of course they lose, and 
this could have been a joke or something. Like maybe they're such idiot accountants they shoot themselves, but no, they just lose because they're bad at laser gun fighting. <laughs> and and they stand there not dead, and they're like, oh, at least they weren't using real ammo this time. So these two fucking verbalize what? how they know that these were the stakes. And but how did you know? You don't. Know. Yeah, how did they know? Nobody knows. Why? Why did? Like why I'm any of it? With you, I was so frustrating. Right, they down. saw the script. I think That's <laughs> they the saw the way script. That they know. Yeah, everybody here. What then, did you not read the script? Hulk Hogan specifically <laughs> told me to read the script this time. <laughs> but then he beat Chris, the shit out of Jeff Altman for not knowing where that tunnel was. <laughs> Chris Levin plants this flag, and then he like posts up and starts shooting guys just from the open, and then it turns into a hand to hand fight. Like they all sort of drop their laser guns <laughs> and just have a fist fight. Which I I feel like yeah it, we're long overdue for a fist fight but this it feels wrong like any one of these guys should have called timeout and said dude what the fuck are you doing this is like a friendly laser tag fight um, then here comes the bad guy he's gonna shoot Hulk Hogan with a real bullet and then fucking Jeff Altman jumps in front of the real bullet knowing full well it's a real bullet and um, the guy he's like oh these are real bullets Fitch gave me that clip I did not know that was a real gun, uh, believe him. And uh, God, what do I? Ha- what happens next? They now it's time for that Gator to come back. The the remote control car. Yeah, and now so they, they, they now it's they Fitch, chase. and they bring they finally pay off. This is the one thing the boat does, which again is we remember through everything we've talked about with the fucking civil war and the time warps and the drag and all of this. You're supposed yeah, which to be did not work. Speedboat show. No one <laughs> at any time. Thought there was a time warp. No one at any, at any time. Was there yeah, 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 absolutely. That was like it, the first thing they said about the plan, and no one is confused. It did confuse the first people for 15 seconds, and then never again. They immediately accepted these are some dipshits. And that's why I'm saying, like, I think he's supposed to be an idiot in the show because it does right. not work. It does not work, and everybody's like, "You're a fucking idiot," which is <laughs> but, like. I would have been so mad. Like as a kid, the nineties and the eighties were all about, you know, Airwolf and Knight Rider. And like, mm-hmm. here's, here's the vehicle. The vehicle gets to do something. What does Thunder get to do? He delivers a remote control car to a beach and that's it. That's it. It's a pretty cool remote control car. It's got a rocket boost jump. It's got a video relay. It launches stun grenades. Uh, they're not very good. Like one of them hit Fitch like right in the fucking face. It did nothing, but it, <laughs> it like scared him. It like it, you could use it to hurt him. So it, the, the little robot herded. Uh, and their incompetence does something amazing here though. Cause like Fitch, Fitch loses a fight to Hulk Hogan or he loses the, 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 the whole gambit and he has to start running. Cause they have this gator after him. Right. And they do this thing where they cut away like, uh, like brew who's manning the controls, the remote control car is like, where did, where is he? Where did he go? And you're like, Oh, okay. He's turning the tables on the, on the little car. And then he just turns a corner and goes, oh, there he is, and hits him with another grenade. <laughs> he just grenades this guy for like three solid minutes, and then you, you give, they give you a moment to think like, oh, is he going to turn the tables? Nope, more grenades. <laughs> it's so fucking good. And then it chases him right into Hulk Hogan's fist. Like, punch. That's how like he starts the encounter with Hulk Hogan is just getting right crossed into the ground. And after while fleeing grenades, grenades to shit for like five straight minutes and then into Hulk Hogan's fist. Right. And, and now he explains why he's trying to murder Hulk Hogan. He got, he's mad because Hulk Hogan got picked for the Navy SEALs and he did it, which is, I mean, the, the, uh, 
you can apply to be a Navy SEAL if you're in the Army or just a civilian, but it's kind of unusual and not something you would generally murder someone over several years after the fact, especially if you were already like an Army captain. Like you, you've, been, you've got an established military career. If you didn't get picked for the Navy SEALs and you're five foot ten and like 160 pounds, and the guy that did get picked is Hulk <laughs> right. Hogan. Right. Yes, fucking yeah. Hulk Hogan. You're like Tom Skerritt's cousin. If you're an if you're like a military person who is like good enough at it to be like to uh, be able to apply to the to the Navy SEALs, however however that works, you would think that you would also be smart enough to be like, well, yeah, they should have taken that guy over me. Like, right. clearly he's he's better. He has a super boat now. Like, he should be <laughs> I mean, a Navy SEAL. Three hundred pounds. He's still Hulk Hogan. Like. I, I, I just a figure you got to figure like, well, I'll just try again next year when there's not a Hulk Hogan, <laughs> right? Like and, it's bad luck that this year had that guy, but there's only I, one of that guy. Hulk Hogan also, he's not like a great fight choreographer. Like, so, so he's fighting the guy kind of with one hand, like he's a child. So he like, he's like blocking and punching with the same hand as if like, he's trying to like, just like land a shot, pal. You're, I don't know. It, He's literally twice as big and it's crazy that he uses karate too, right? Like this is the one thing. Is he not, is he maybe like legally not allowed to use wrestling moves? (laughs) Because he does he does block (laughs) and like throw a sidekick and like he does some he does he fights with karate, like open eighties, nineties karate. Uh, what are you what are you doing? He did do in his wrestling matches, especially in the nineties, like he went to Japan for a bit in like the mid nineties, like in 94, maybe even 93. Um, and I think there is when he started doing like, sort of like fake karate. Oh, <laughs> see, I've checked, I checked uh, out on nineties. So like, yeah. Like, his and like, move is literally, kick is literally motionless. Like a stationary foot is his <laughs> kick. <laughs> but like he, like he, he would get a guy in the corner and then be like, do like a, like, you know, get like chops and then do some walks okay. and, and hit. Yeah. Like it. And then like move his hands around in, in what I don't know. Karate. I assume because it's Hulk Hogan, this is not at all what actual <laughs> karate is. It also explains why later when everybody says cheers, it cuts to him saying kampai. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, that was a little weird. Uh, so obviously that's, uh, that goes Hulk Hogan's way. He wins that fist fight against the um, the tiny old man. Um, now they come back to, I guess, the real finale of the show, which is the jet ski race between Carol Alt and her asshole ex-boyfriend, uh, who they had one date and that did not work out. I guess we forgot to mention that like she also catches him with another woman. Uh, so she was like, yeah. hey, what the fuck? And he's like, well... I don't care about you. I have, I hate you. And she's like, Oh, you're like a real jerk. I like it. <laughs> anyway, Last time really- I fall for a jet ski Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, uh, who am I kidding? No, it's not. <laughs> so then it cuts to a, uh, a jet ski race. And I feel like communicating what's happening in a race uh, must be complicated because uh, I've seen it done badly. And this is one of those times I have no idea what these things are doing. It's just distant red. <laughs> That's my my notes are the race that Carol Alt wins. I don't even know if that's true. I have no idea what's fucking going on here. Yes. How could you? I was so confused. 
I had the same exact notes of like, I don't know what happened, but I had to conclude that she won because right. this would be fucking hilarious if she didn't win. <laughs> I get, like if she doesn't I, win, it just has to be like, you were right to cheat on me. I'm sorry. That's what I have in my notes. My exact words in my notes are how weird would it be if the asshole won? Because like, you can't tell. You genuinely can't tell. You're yeah. like, they, they have everybody put on helmets and there's no like markings that are super noticeable. And then they muddle the camera angles. You're like, yeah. I had something happened. If you look close, you can see his mullet poking out the bottom of his helmet, and he's kind of like shaking his head. He's really trying to show that he's sad, but uh, he has a pagan style. He didn't want his head to fall off, so it's very subtle. Uh, I guess the stakes of this race were that uh, this shitty person kind of feels bad for losing the race. Not for treating a person badly, but for being a worse jet skier than the person he treated badly. So, I don't know. It's just not very satisfying, except for all the Brutus Barber beefcake shots in the crowd. He is no, so think, happy to be there. He just learned how to use the body. <laughs> I think they use the same shot of Brutus beefcake like four yes. times in the show. It seems like the same like expression and and like and just like scene as every single time that they showed it. You can't, just, they're uh, not normal men. You can't put somebody in a crowd shot and not address it. It's, it's right. It's like funny. It's like, he's like big. And he's, he's obviously a wrestler. Like he's big and tall yeah. and like has a stupid haircut. Like he's very obviously a professional wrestler. And he's just like there in the crowd in this episode with no explanation. Like, it looks like a cutscene where like, yeah, you have your main character and everything else isn't, you know, like, I wonder I wonder which one of these doesn't belong. He's just sitting yeah. there fucking customized, breaking breaking the physics of his game. I think I just found the meanest line in my notes. I said that um, Chris Lemon, he looks like an AI, looked at a picture of Brandon Lee and tried to generate his dad. <laughs> he was he was in his 40s when like I, yeah. I think he, was he looks like when this was he looks like Brandon Lee's dad if you didn't know who Brandon Lee's dad was. Uh, I yeah, look can. him up. I think it's a good description. I thought, I just think it's really mean. Maybe we'll cut it. I I have one more Hulk Hogan quote from the articles I read. And this one is very strange based on what this episode was. Someone, you know, it was another thing where the interviewer had been like, you know, said something like, hey, Hulkster, everybody thinks this show's a piece of shit, you know. Uh, <laughs> And he says, it doesn't have to be gone with the wind if you have a good time. That's what it's all about. I would argue that like Thunder in Paradise, this episode, is more like Gone with the Wind than any other television episode I've ever seen. Then, then is that's it good advisable, point. at least, yeah. than it should have been. I like that that's his only, like, I've heard of a good movie once. Yeah. It right. was 50 years ago. And it, it was not in the same genre. He couldn't name a good action I like, movie. I kind of have fun with how frustrating stuff like this is. Like just being who I am and what I do for a living. But like as a show, this is objectively so fucking bad. Like from a storytelling perspective, there's like actual errors. Not just inconsistencies, but like, no, that's a fucking gun full of real bullets. Someone needs to tell the editor that that's what they just communicated to us. And like stuff happens for no reason. Yeah. Things aren't paid off. Like the stakes are never established for fucking anything. Like the finale is a, a pointless jet ski fight after like a, <laughs> like a fist fight between like a three hundred pound man and like an elderly <laughs> military officer. 
I don't know. Yeah, he was so like, like in his fifties in that yeah. fight scene. Yeah, elderly is maybe too strong a word, but no fucking prayer against Hulk Hogan. If he caught Hulk Hogan having a nap and he was holding a shovel, like he's still not winning that fight. Like eight shovel bonks, Hogan's like, "Hey, who's bonking me the shovel, brother?" <laughs> oh, twenty-five more of those, I'm gonna fuck you up. The uh, did you the, did you clip the uh, the ending oh, where George uh, where they cut to George to give his little speech? I did not. Where he just, where the writer just gave up on doing a good speech, so he just this <laughs> nonsense. He goes, "What am I saying? Goodbye." <laughs> they, yeah, but they come back. They come back to their headquarters, which is a tropical resort, which is also a crazy decision that these mercenaries with their super boat are headquartered out of like a out of like a Hilton, <laughs> like a right. fucking sandals is there is their headquarters, and they're all there to repeatedly talk about how brave the Confederate soldiers were. And now that he understands uh, his place in history and how his place in reenactments can be changed forever. And then he stares right into the little girl's camera and he's like, my brave Confederate grandfather had a noble plan to ambush the enemy with a network of secret tunnels. And then they just like cut him off. Like that was it. That was the end. What? What? Uh, Also, Hey, uh, Brave, their brave plan to uh, ambush the enemy with a network of secret tunnels. Huh. Mm. Now, where have I heard of that tactic before and specifically why it's not a brave thing to do? Yeah. Network of tunnels. I feel like maybe 20 years prior, there was some sort of. Yeah, it feels like one of America's enemies did that. Mm. And and we kind of uh, got really racist with why you shouldn't do that. Yep. Yep. I think with this show, you know, I watched every episode of Baywatch. And one thing that's incredible about the show. So, like, the worst, like, bar none, the worst episode of the show is the one directed by David Hasselhoff. It's the only thing he's ever directed. Like, not even any, like, other vanity project or something. This is the only thing he ever directed. I guess he said all he needed to say. Um it's like by far the worst episode of the show. But the less he's involved with the show, the much worse the show gets. Um, and so I think this is like sort of what the show is like if he's not involved at all. You just get like an episode that is complete nonsense. And yeah. nothing seems to fit at all in a way that even Baywatch does not. Yeah, this is a beautiful disaster. But... Uh, Brockway did clip the ending theme song, which is fucking. Uh, don't play it. Don't play it. Don't play it. Hold on. Don't play it. Before you play it, I would like to tell you uh, who it was. Who it is written by? Please. Uh, this is this is written by the musical masters uh, Terry Hulk Hogan and Jimmy <laughs> Mouth of the South Heart. Yes. Oh, excellent. Writers of Hulkster in Heaven. All right, we ready? Can I play it now? Yep. God, I was hoping you'd say yes. Thank you. 
playing with your lice. The, the the closing theme should <laughs> obviously be the intro theme <laughs> just you're not allowed to write any part of that either of you you're the last people in the world who should write a calypso song with a, yeah. <laughs> a very very fake jamaican patois I, I i like to picture that was that was hulk hogan singing einstein hooted frankfurt There's nothing so tragic as when the young die before the old. Here at Hot Dog Space Camp, we know that all too well. A moment of silence, please, for the late Hot Dog Space Class of 2023. Three Finger Louie, Aaron Croston. Adrian H. just wanted to see the stars. Fuck. We told her that's not how it works, but she was a dreamer. Aiden Mouat. Alpha Scientist Java, Unandy. Armando Nava worked hard, partied harder, and they say, died the hardest. Badger, Benjamin Cyronin, Bim Talzer, Brandon Garlock. Brian Saylor was the first to suggest they steal a real rocket, but we're trying not to place blame here. Brianne Whitney, Rockway loves the meat belly, still does. Barry Tumac. Cyril was the one who actually stole the rocket, and it's his fault. Chad. Chance McDermott. Chris Brower. Curious Glare just wanted to smell space. Devin the Rogue Supreme. Dean Costello. Donald Finney will never forget your tragic last words. Ghost Rod the Whip! Eric Spaulding. Fancy Shark. Jellaho deserved better than to be torn apart by space apes, but he did bring those apes up there. Greg Cunningham, Hambo, Haraka, Harvey Penguini's parents are suing the school. We understand they're hurt, but exploded by asteroid is a pretty classic act of God. Hot fart, Jaber Al Aiden died how he lived on the moon. Jeff Haraski. We've lost every one of our precious Johns. John Dean's family asked us to say, may he rest in the peace he hated in life. John Hector McFarland's family asked us to say, may he rest in war. John McCammon's family asked us to say, may the bastard find no rest. John Minkoff's family chased us off their property with a thresher. Johnny No Fun was ironically too much fun. It turns out space is not the ultimate bong cooler. Joseph Searles will never forget your tragic last words, which were just your own name yelled from a saddle tied to a booster rocket. Now, it may not hurt as badly as losing the Johns, but we lost all of our Joshes too. Josh Fabian, 
we hope you finally found Alf. Joshua Alf Graves, if only the two of you had met in life. Josh S., we hardly knew ye. Nobody could even find a picture. Leading theories say you were an urban legend. Ken Paisley. K&M. M. Jahi Chappelle. Mac Miserable. Matt Riley, when you enrolled, you told us you wanted to die naked on a comet. We laughed at the time. Max Baroy. Michael Lair. Michael Wells. Now, the school is suing Mickey Lohman's family for defamation. We are not a school full of buttholes who teach kids that rockets point down. Mike Stiles. Moju. N.D. Neil Bailey. Neil Schaefer will miss your laughter most of all. It went like this. War, 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 war. Like a horny walrus choking on a smaller walrus is wild. It's crazy stuff. Neku 104. Nick Ralston. Ozzy Olin. Patrick Herbst, you asked in every class what would happen if you stuck it in the lunar rover. What was the answer, Patrick? Rachel. Rain Vargas. Rihanna. Sarkovsky. Sean Chase is the one who started the deadly rumor that huffing space got you high. Spotty reception. Supernaut had a theory that, in zero gravity, a fart could propel you forever. It's still going, as far as we know. Ted H. Thomas Cavazos. Timmy Leahy overdosed on freeze-dried ice cream. You can only eat four of those in a lifetime, you know. Toasty God. Tom Sekula. Tommy G. Wayland Russell. Yesarian. Yanis Ioannidis. You were our best. Our brightest. The live feed showed you burned that way, too. Dr. Awkward, all of your instructors said it was impossible to do a kickflip in space. They said you'd never land it without gravity. I guess? I guess? I guess the joke's on them because you're kickflipping forever now! <laughs>